Hello and welcome along to the Essay Paderborn Nozeban English podcast. We're officially back for the new season and it's the first match review as Paderborn faced Heidenheim. But before we go into that, we just want to start off with saying thank you to everyone that listened to the Chris Furish episode. Um, we got a lot of good feedback about it. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just a put the record button on without any um, sort of script or notes and kind of just talked what we talked and it was a good episode, I thought. Um, so for this episode, it's just going to be me because of some stuff from family birthdays and stuff. It's all kind of difficult to schedule in and um, kind of before a Friday game, obviously Nuremberg is the next match for us. It's difficult to get that episode in. We'll probably have to record tops on a Wednesday, which is not what I want to do on a match week where we play on a Friday. So, yeah, next week we should have um, uh, a couple of guests for the Nuremberg review as it's going to be a weekend uh, recording. That should come to you on Monday or Tuesday next week as the Bentarina finally has fans in. 5,000 uh, Paderborn fans will be there. But if we start talking about Heidenheim then, so it was the first away match of the season. Paderborn went into it nine games without a win on the first match day and that continued. It was a Frank Schmidt-Heidenheim 13th season for Frank Schmidt now as Heidenheim manager. They had Tim Kleindienst who was obviously a fantastic player for them last season. He joined back on loan in January and scored more than, I'm thinking, nearly 10 goals in Heidenheim for the second half of the season. They got him on for something like four million or three and a half million. Um but overall it was a tipsy turvy match. No one really settled into it. Heidenheim were probably had the best of a thirty minute spell in the game, especially the first five, ten minutes. Um Heidenheim are really, really, really putting pressure on. But I thought it was a completely different Paderborn really. I mean I never have seen us defend as as couragely and battley and, you know, we really did well in the defensive side of things. Um, there was a couple of chances for Paderborn. I mean, we didn't create that many chances. Kai Peruga, um with the best one on 30 minutes. That was a nice save. But other than that, we kept Tim Kleindienst um, very, very quiet, which is exactly what the game plan probably was. And, um, yeah, a very, very decent nil-nil. I mean, you could say Paderborn could have got a goal, but, you know, for the last 15 minutes, you kind of just felt the legs were going a little bit. Heidenheim brought in a lot of substitutions, and I think that kind of tells us straight away that Heidenheim are ah, obviously better squad depth than Paderborn. Also, I'd just like to say, sorry if it's a bit um, echoey and, and stuff. I'm not recording my usual podcast location, so this is kind of like a phone thing. So I'm using the phone microphone, which might not be the most um, pleasing to the ears microphone. Paderborn started with a four at the back, which kind of looked like it was going to be three at the back. Um, from what I first thought, we had Uwe Hunemeyer and Jasper van der Werf from uh, Abbey Salzburg in the back two. Very solid. Um, and then the the, the full backs were uh, Jamil Collins on the left, as usual. And then it was Janis Hoyer. I'm going to call him Hoyer. Obviously, I'm going to wait for the Germans to say his name and then I'll you know, develop it. But... Yeah, Janis Hoyer from uh, Wolfsburg's second team. Um, it was him and Jasper van der Werf's first Schweizer Bundesliga match, and they were both exceptionally good. Defensively brilliant, and Jasper van der Werf probably adds a bit more height than Johannes Dorfler or uh, Frederick Ananou. He was good. 
But originally I thought it was going to be a three at the back. I mean, there wasn't much good coverage of the pre-season and I kind of thought when I watched the Hanover match, which was the only game live free on YouTube, and we were playing a three at the back for that. Um, it was um, Vanderbilt Oya and Hunemeyer, and then the full-backs was Michael Schuster, who played in midfield for this game. And also um, it was uh, Jumil Collins, obviously, on the left. But it wasn't. It was a four at the back. Very solid. I mean, you know, if I'm going to give five stars out, I'd give five stars to Yannick Hoot and the four defenders. Very good. In the midfield, we had the new captain, Ron Schallenberg. My player of the season last season, very solid again. Um, just a very good player. I mean, expecting better things from him, a leader as a captain, as a Paderborn man, literally, born in Paderborn. It was a very, very good game from him. And Marco Schuster, another player that was new to the Zweite Bundesliga, also very impressive. It was a three in the attacking midfield spots. In the middle was obviously Julian Justvan. I mean, pretty solid match from him. Not much to really talk about for Justvan. You know, kind of what we expect from him. And I really want to see better things from Justvan as he develops and kind of matures as a player. Uh, there was some bad moments where he had a really bad miss kick shot early in the first half. I think I remember we got in a good position. Um, and Denis Sabeni was absolutely screaming at him to pass the ball. And he just shot and kind of sliced it quite wide but other than that Yusvan went off and probably deserved to go off because he wasn't that good um, I'm expecting a lot of better things from Ulian Yusvan this season and he's only going to get better he only got better last season he needs to develop and get better quicker than last season you know I want to be quite harsh on Yusvan this season because he's not got um, much much room for error I mean who's our best second best attacking midfielder I probably can't name one because we're quite bad in that area of the pitch, which is why um, we have to go two up front sometimes. With obviously a lot of strikers this season, which we'll move on to in the in the later part of the podcast. Um, but yeah, Yusvan has to step up. You know, he's got to be the man creating the the chances through the middle of the pitch, and he just wasn't um, this game. And then in the two wing spots, Kai Pruger, obviously no Chris Furish, who unfortunately for Chris broke his collarbone against, I think it was, it wasn't Dortmund, was it? It was Armenia Bielefeld, sorry. He broke his collarbone in and he'll be out for months. So yeah, really, really disappointing for, for Chris Furish. And you know, on a personal level, he was a nice person, you know, when we saw him in interviews, he was always nice. He always, I just, you know, wanted to see him develop his match and get Bundesliga football and it just hasn't worked out. Um, you know, I hope he recovers um, fully and gets his chance. Now with um, Celes, uh out on November, there's probably not much chance for him anymore to really cement his place in that team. Um, but yeah, I'm really disappointed because, you know, he was going to get a good chance. But anyway, Kai Pruger started on the right. Yeah, you know, all right game from Kai. I mean, created a couple of chances from the corners. Had, an, had his best, well, the best paddleborn chance of the match for, on 30 minutes. Uh, you know, just going to hit the ball really hard and usually puts it on target. And that's what he needs to keep doing. Um, on, a, on the approach play, just find the right pass, find the right cross. Um and it's going to come, you know, it's going to come. He, he didn't play much last season under Chef and Baumgart. Obviously, we know the story about that. But he's got a new chance under Lucas Kwasniok. And, yeah, I think he's got a good chance of keeping his place on the right-hand side. On the left was Sven Michel. Michel. Um, 
very solid game. Really impressed with Sven, actually. You know, I kind of had doubts towards the end of last season about his performance. Um, and I was a personal guy, you know. I know he puts 110% effort every match. But kind of just when he has the ball, he you know, sometimes doesn't know what to do with it. But I thought he was better today um, compared to last games. You know, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, and yeah, definitely the best on the left. Worked well with Jamilo Collins, for example. Uh, was really solid in that aspect. And then up top, Dennis Sabeni. Didn't really have many chances, Dennis. You know, I think he gets into good positions and just needs a ball put to him. Um, wasn't dropping deep as much as he was. I think that's with Yusfan uh, just behind him. He doesn't need to do that anymore. And I think that's something that I'm quite happy about because um, I wasn't too keen on Dennis Sabeni uh, going back and back and back. You know, he's not the best passer of the ball. He just needs the ball in the box and he'll probably put it on target and put it in the net, you know, and that's why probably Yusfan's just a bit behind him, um, so he doesn't need to do that, but Yusfan has to step up, as I've said, I think he was one of the worst players on the pitch um, for us, I didn't really think he did much, um, uh, but Sabeni was alright, you know, he didn't do much either, but didn't really have many chances, so, yeah. If you follow my Twitter account at en, you will know that me. I didn't um, wasn't able to watch the first half and a bit of the second half of the match on Saturday, but due to my absolute excellent service that I provide, that I am provided, um, I'm able to watch the back the game back. So I did. I watched the game back and um, I watched the first half and the first ten minutes. And I'd just like to quickly say big thanks to um, Jay. I will find his official Twitter at uh, in a second when I go on to the little break but um, for his coverage absolutely excellent coverage if you were following the Twitter timeline and you um, were watching the, the the coverage you might not have been able to watch the match if you're a UK viewer understandably I'll talk about that in the later part of the podcast so we don't have a legal way to watch the match um, but yeah really good coverage from um, Jay and um, I'll find his at in a little bit Jay also did the article Five Things We Learned, which is what I've uh, introduced towards the end of last season, um, where, I, where I try and think of five things I've learned from the match, you know, deep analysis into the game. And I'll just read them five things out and, and offer my comments of each one. Number one, Yannick Hoot can give Lippold Zingle a run for his money. Absolutely agree with this. Hoot was absolutely excellent for Paraborn. Um... Five saves for Yannick Hoot. Um, I think pretty much all of his passes were accurate that he actually played and was a rock, an absolute rock for us. Um, made a really good stop for Marvin uh, Hidmuller. Um and he was really good and I think it was, that was nearly towards the second half and um, really good save to keep us in the game. Um, and, you know, it can really give first-choice keepers in Glee a go and I'll, I'll talk about this actually um, as another point in my... Um, Instagram, Twitter, questions and opinions. I'll talk about this a little bit more, but yeah. Um, Lip, uh, Lipholz Zingley is going to have a tough time keeping Yannick Hoot out of uh, out of reach, for sure. Number two, Uwe Hunemeyer is a wall. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. You know, we we saw this last season. He puts everything into it. You know, sometimes he might not be the quickest in counter-attacking or uh, you know, defending, but you know what you're going to get from, uh, from Hunemeyer every single time, you know. 
vital blocks, left, right, centre, everything he does, you know, headers away from corners, I think he made some of the most, uh, the most headers uh, away in the in the match, interceptions and stuff like that, you know, you're all, you know what you're going to get from Hunemeyer, he's got his, his difficulties, obviously pace and, and running and catching back, but you know, when you put the ball next to him to header away, he's going to put everything into it, and that's what you get from Uwe Hunemeyer. Absolutely my first, second-choice centre-back. Had some doubts towards last season, just because of his age, and that's the only reason, actually, why I had some doubts. And, and maybe that's just me being pessimistic about, you know, ageing footballers and actually, you know, how they are uh, way better fitness than, than their age tells them. But yeah, Hunemeyer, definitely one of the better and best players for us, especially in defensive. You know, we wouldn't have got a point without him or Yannick Hoot, for sure. Number three, I'm focusing on defence again. Absolutely better in defence compared to last season, the Stefan Baumgart. Absolutely bang on. Um, you know, Paderborn struggled to score last season, but also we struggled to defend last season, and that was one of the problems under Stefan Baumgart. And we look a lot better, I agree with uh, with this point. Um, you know, the, the back four of Hoya, Van der Verth, uh, Van der Verth, <laughs> Van der Verth, Van der Verth, Hunemite and Collins were all very good. Collins is always pretty good defensively, sometimes, you know, not, but you're going to get a mistake from a defender like that who's not, you know, not primary supposed to be defending, you know. Um, yeah, very, very good from the defence and Tim Kleindienst, one of the best strikers in the Spider Bundesliga, not given any chances today. And that was down to the fantastic defensive display. Number four and one I absolutely agree with, again, is that we need to be more clinical. You know, you can defend all you want. You can defend, um, you know, with 10 players in the box. But when you, the chances come to you and you're always going to get a chance in a game like this, you've got to take it. And obviously the best chance for Kai Peroga, very good save from Heidenheim goalkeeper. But other than that, we had a lot of good chances. And we just didn't put them in the net, you know, and that's something we've got to do. Obviously, it sounds simple, um, but that's something we've been struggling with since the 2018-19 season, just being clinical in front of goal. Um, maybe that's to do with, I don't know, physical, uh, psychological, uh, but I don't think so. I think that's going to come, and if we can keep defending as we will, you know, we'll be getting a lot of clean sheets this season, and we will get chances down the other end. I'm not worried about that at all, especially with the amount of strikers we've got. Number five, and something Paderborn have been really good at in the last few seasons, has been really, really, really quick on the counter-attack. Um, especially with the two midfielders, very good passes. Marcus Schusten and uh, Ron Schallenberg can pass a ball from anywhere, and they were finding the spaces. Collins was good on the left-hand side. Uh, Sven Michel was also causing problems on the counter. Um, but again, rapid on the counter-attack, were creating chances with it. We're very good on it, and we're one of the scariest teams on the counter-attack. Now, the next step against Nuremberg is to put the ball in the net, and also defend it as we were doing. But yeah, overall, a very, very decent performance from Padawan, and one that can give us a lift-off into the next match. Yep, a big thank you to at jb4b underscore for the fantastic coverage and a very, very decent article as well. And all points I absolutely agree with on Parabon. So now I asked you questions and I th and I put on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow them both at sparabonen, and I asked you, what are your thoughts and comments on, on the match? Usually I would pick up one thing, so I'd say, I don't know, 
what did you think about Kai Perger? What did you think about um, an opposition player? What did you think about this tactical style? What did you think about the counter-attacking tactical style? But I just went because kind of first game of the season, I kind of wanted to get a broad idea of what people were thinking. And I, th- and I put, um, what, what was your thoughts about the match? And I'm going to read some out and I'm going to have an opinion um, for about 10 minutes. So yeah, enjoy this part of the podcast. It's going to be one of the best parts, I think, because you know when we see other people's opinions, we agree, we disagree. But overall, we're just fans at the end of the day. The first one comes from at Niels. Uh, you've heard Niels before on the podcast, but he didn't actually send this one in to me. But I thought about it and I thought, I'll add this to the podcast because it's kind of a decent way into something about my three stars of the match. Um, he says, Yannick Hoot is better than Leopold Zingale. What, uh, well, he said facts, basically. Do you think that is true or false? And firstly, I think it's actually a decent argument. You know, I think Hoot was very good. Leopold Zingale has also been very good last season. Obviously saved like three penalties, four penalties in a row. Um, and is always very solid for us. I think it's a tough argument, and I think actually one of my responses to the tweets was um, it's kind of a shame that we've got two such good goalkeepers because, you know, one can never be settled, but also on the flip side, they're also fighting each other the whole time, and that's pushing them on. Um, I've always been the advocate of one, the best keeper, and then a little bit worse keeper second, but for here, there isn't really much difference between both players. But um, I think... How I'd say it is, Yannick Hoot has a small contract now. He's, uh, I think he's, he's expires next season. Um, and I think, you know what, this summer, the next summer, sorry. Yeah, sorry, it's two two years from now. The next summer, there's going to be some decent clubs coming for Yannick Hoot if he continues this. Obviously, I don't want Leopold Zingler to get injured all the time. Um, but if, if Yannick Hoot gets more opportunities, maybe in the Pokal has a masterclass against Dinamo Dresden in two weeks' time. Maybe it's his chance to get a good move to a Bundesliga club. I mean, Bielefeld, for example, could be interested in a move. Obviously, Stefan Ortega might not be there anymore. And I really do think clubs will pay up to £1 million for this guy, who's a very decent second-choice goalkeeper. Um, and Pad- Padabon could make some really good profit off him. Um, but back on to the actual topic of the question, Yannick Hoot or Leopold Zingle. I think Zingle wins it just because he is more reliable and less likely to get injured. Um, but it's really tight, you know. Uh, I think they're two brilliant keepers, and I think we're really, really, you know, kind of grateful that we can that we can have two keepers. And you know, we'll see. We've never we've not actually seen Moritz Schultz in action really that much, so we'll see how he progresses from AB Leipzig, of course. Um, but to settle this one, I think Zingle always wins just because he's more reliable and he's, I think he's a better leader than Yannick Hoot, but yeah, Hoot is very, um, a very good keeper. Absolutely not, not, uh, debating that because he's incredible for us. The second one is from J B4B underscore and he puts Jamila Collins and Sven Michel. Had a really good partnership down the left. That's the first point. And I absolutely agree. They were torture, uh, torturizing uh, the Heidenheim right back. Um, very good partnership down the left. Always been like that. And I think it should continue if Lucas Kwasniok chooses to pick Sven on that left-hand side. Obviously, we've got Jonas Karls on the left back, which he could push and um, potentially um, push Jamila Collins. As I've wrote an article on that, you can find it on my website, which I'll link um, in the podcast description. 
And he also put Sport at the back in the counter-attack tactics worked perfectly. Only thing that was missing was a goal. Absolutely. You know, I alluded to this earlier in the podcast and I said, um, you know, the next step now, that's that's the step, that's first step of the, the Lucas Kwasniok stairs, for example. You know, the first step is to get through that match with a clean sheet, with the tactics, with a game plan, absolutely bang on. The second step against Nuremberg will be to get that goal and win the match. And then we'll see what happens, you know. I'm not predicting the future, but four points after two matches would not be bad at all. But yeah, absolutely batting on um, opinions, and I completely agree with them. The four at the back was good. I do think we will introduce the three at the back, though, because we have tried it against Hanover, and it, we really pressed well, you know, against Hanover. We really unlucky to not to not win that match in the preseason. But the pressing is a lot more intense with three at the back tactic, and you could have easily switched to that with with that team Schuster on the right back, and then Jusvan comes um, just a bit behind um, to play it alongside Schellenberg, who is well, he has done that before with Stefan Baumgart. But yeah, absolutely agree with him. Another one comes from someone who wanted to be anonymous on Instagram. And he says that we were too passive and probably should have lost. You know, we won't get that lucky every single match. And, you know, that's a difficult, it's a difficult situation for us right now. You know, we've lost a lot of good players from last season. I mean, I did tweet out that I think uh, people are kind of underrating us a little bit. Um, on saying, you know. The, the losses were so massive. We're going down at the bottom of the table. We're absolutely not good enough to compete. That's absolutely not true. You know, the players that we've lost, let, let's let's go down the list. Chris Furish, top of the list. Really bad play to lose. Three million. Yeah, it is what it is. We might bring in a replacement. We not, We might not. I think it'll um, come down to how how well Kai Proger does. Uh, anyway, Chris Furish, top of the list. Bang on, worst. I think second probably goes to Sebastian Schonlau, the last captain of the club. Big miss, but still was kind of a bit shaky last season. I mean, I thought Hunamaya was better than Sean Lau, but people will disagree. Um, third, Christopher Antoine Uh You know, four goals last season in 31 matches. Never ever got to his level that he can get to. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about that. He was a lot better than he can be. Uh, I think the Australian Mamba thing really kind of turned his season downhill. They were good friends and he well, he left. And then fourth is Sebastian Vasiladis. How he played last season, you know, kind of forgot he was a player for a, lot, a long time. Um, at Paderborn, he's not, you know, a player that we miss. So actually, you look at the team and you think, you know, is it have we lost that much? We've lost a good captain. We've lost a very good playmaker. But about, but other than that, Anzwe Jay was 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 no, nowhere near good enough last season. I'm not trying to say that Sven Michel is a, is, a, is a better player than Anzwe Jay on the left side because I don't think he is. I do think he's better up front uh, alongside Dennis Sabeni in a four-four-two. Um, but the, the, about the passive point, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get points, not how we usually do. You know, we under Stefan Baumgart, we were never a counter-attacking team. I think the worst we saw Baumgart in regards to like not playing attacking footballs against Greta Furt away from home, where uh, Svante Ingelsen nearly put us um, gave, gave us a win two one. I think it was. It would have been if he scored. Um, but absolutely, that's you know. We're going to have to get points like we haven't done before, and it might be tough. It might be tough to watch. It might be boring to watch. But you know what? If we play like we are, we play with heart, we play with desire, we play with Uwe Hunemeyer, 35 years old, blocking everything, throwing his body on the line, we're going to do all right this season, you know. 
I'm not trying to say we're up there for promotion contenders. I don't think we should we should be. I think we'll be lower middle of the pack, around 11th, 12th place. We're a work in progress. We're a very, very decent side. And you know what? If it takes this to win and lose, you know, we should be proud that the players are putting a lot of effort into it. And I said, I tweeted actually on my... Um, Second account, you know, with about ten minutes ago, I said, "Let's let's just calm down a bit. Let's take this point back to Paderborn. Let's not throw away a big effort." And we absolutely did that. And maybe under Stefan Baumgart, we would have lost the match pushing for the for the goal, or we might have won the match pushing for the goal. It is what it is. Um, but I thought Lucas Kwasniok was tactically bang on, and we might not get that lucky in, in every other match. But I think we'll be a lot more clinical than we were, and it will stick in the attack. So Benny's not going to finish the season with zero goals unless he's got a massive bad injury. Um, touch wood, that doesn't happen. But yeah, Paderborn are just fine. We're, we're on track of what I think we will do. We won't be able to beat the best teams every match, but if we get a point from them games, you can not disagree and you can't be saddened by that because... You know, the relegation scenes from the, uh, scenes, the relegation seasons from the Svita, we never would have got points from their matches, you know, we would have lost it. So for us to build that wall in defence, you can't complain. So thank you all for sending your questions, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back hopefully with guests for the next match against FC Nuremberg on a Friday night. See you all, thank you for listening. Oh.